Hey, top fans, it's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. I brought two of my faves back in. We're going to talk a little Red Sox baseball. We're coming towards the end of the season, so we had to bring Sarah back in because she knows a little bit about the Red Sox, right, Sarah? A little bit. We bit. Just a little bit. And we brought Nick back in, who splits his time between the Red Sox and uh, Mariners. And so we got to talk some Red Sox baseball because (laughs) this season is the weirdest wild card thing that i've seen in a lot of years and seeing that 28 out of the 30 professional teams seem like they're going to make the playoffs based on how this round and stuff goes everybody but the angels i think and and the nationals will make playoffs but anyways let's let's talk this through (laughs) sarah we got about 40 to 42 games left tell me your outlook on the red sox right now well if uh we can stay healthy is basically where I'm at. Um, we've had a wild, weird, typical Red Sox season, I would like to say, where it is that absolute roller coaster of emotion. Um, so they, they look like they look like the Red Sox. So that's all I'm just I can say on that is they look like the Red Sox. But going into where we are now, um, being six back for the wild card, if we have Trevor story, who's going to be starting rehab this week. So they say, I'm hoping that he can come and, you know, be back before we hit that spot. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm nervous, but I'm hopeful at the same time. It's one of those where I, I, you can't count them out completely, but at the same time, you, you know, you hope for the best, but pray for the worst. I mean, no, you pray for the best, <laughs> prepare for the worst. You know, you know, you know the saying. It's it's the, the middle pessimistic. of the day. Sarah's got it going yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm Sarah's I'm gonna use coffee right here. <laughs> there, you, I'm gonna use a term that I used to use in the '90s with the Dodgers. You are cautiously optimistic. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's um. You know, everyone's kind of already given up on them. The ownership is given up on them. They're focusing on other avenues right now. Um, and there's a lot of things that are going on in the city where you can see that the Red Sox are kind of like the Red Sox upper management has kind of checked out from them. And that's kind of disheartening as a, a Red Sox fan. And I'm sure it's disheartening for them as players. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? Same thing, Red Sox outlook. Sarah got real serious there at the end of that. Yeah, <laughs> that was my serious moment. I'm like, oh, man. man. <laughs> um, how, how do they look to me? I, I think that you look at their record against the Orioles this season, you know, seven and five losing record against the O's. It's not supposed to happen. That's not very Red Sox like. Um, I agree with Sarah on on a lot of on a lot of the points here. Right. Like you never want to count them out. Um, but I'm trying to think about who is it that we're going to pin our hopes on through the end of the season, right? Like who, who's going to be that guy. And particularly when it comes to the, uh, pitching rotation, I can't pick anyone, anyone who's going to step up and, and carry that team. No closer, no starting pitching. I just saw the alert come through that Eovaldi just went to the IL he's out. Um, who's it going to be? I just cautiously optimistic is a stretch for me at this point. It, yeah. <laughs> the offense can show up on any given night, but you're not going to win. Like, right. You're not making up six games and then getting deep into the playoffs without pitching. 
our pitching and defense have been really tough. Uh, Really, really tough. We've had some really unnecessary little league blunders and it's been those moments that, that they've those have happened where we're going, how uh, no hustle, no anything. So those are the moments where we're just kind of like, all right, is this put the nail in the coffin going into the end of the season? Is this what's going to put us out completely from contention? Like, what is it? It does make me wonder, Sarah, like your comment around kind of ownership and the lack of focus. I wonder if that the players are feeling it right. And so I wonder if that lack of focus is making its way into the clubhouse and then onto the field. Most likely. I mean, they've Fenway group bought out Pittsburgh Penguins going into the beginning of the year. They just opened up. um, They actually cut the ribbon yesterday for the MGM Fenway music hall. And that's all backed by the Fenway group. So there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes with the Fenway group and John Henry. So it's like, I'm sure that, you know, you have people like Devers going, like you have all of these great things going on. Awesome. But why can't you pay me? So. It's a good point. It's a good point, which leads me to my next question. Trade deadline. Nick, you want to take that one first? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, that's there brings up a good point about, yeah. hey, why can't you pay me? I think this is a two thumbs down uh, for sure. Uh, Sarah and I were talking about this earlier, and you look at what the Red Sox did around the deadline, and it it strikes you as moves that were merely in service of finishing the season. You know, let's just make sure we can put a team on the field, right? Um, when the only highlight of your trade deadline moves is the fact that Tommy Pham has come through in a few spots, like, that's not good, right? Uh, you want to be a, a major market club um, that's that's playing for a championship. Tommy Pham can't be your deadline uh, win, right? Now you you like pick up Hosmer. He filled a hole. He's not getting it done. He just got hurt. Um, so you have the Red Sox at, at the trade deadline this year. The biggest news they made was how they dumped Christian Vasquez. I mean, that's, that's your top story for their deadline activity. And that's disheartening for sure. The, uh, uh, at least you, at least, you know, two things. One, Tommy Pham's a Red Sox and he's kind of working out right now. And two, you don't ever want to be in a fantasy football league with him. Um, (laughs) Just ask Jock Peterson how that works out. (laughs) Sarah, your thoughts on the trade deadline. Um, I'm so meh about it. I mean, they were definitely just putting band-aids over a foundation leak. Like it is what it is. Um, we needed outfields because Kike was hurt. They didn't know when Kike was going to come back and they really needed to move Duran out of the outfield. Um, we needed a first baseman because Dahlbeck is constantly missing basic catching on first base. So I can understand why they made those moves. McGuire, I still, I get it. They brought him in to be for um, Vasquez, but at the same point, I'm just like, I don't need that. But uh, you brought in two older gentlemen who are in their, you know, early 30s. So you've now, we've already have a problem with injuries. So now we have, we have no 
um, consistent play from them because Tommy, Tommy Pham and Hosmer were out on Sunday when we played um, Baltimore. So now is this going to be the constant thing that we're just adding to our um, injuries? Like, what is this the injury report? What's going on? Yeah, Eric Hosmer was a good move for you guys because he can he can put the team on his back, but he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, right. And and he's got distractions too because I think his wife is five or six months pregnant, and she's out here on the West Coast, if I'm not mistaken. So he's got a lot of things that he's dealing with off the field too that can affect your on the field play, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely, so. and the, it's just. I get it from a management standpoint, you know, you didn't want to shell out and maybe there's a bigger picture behind it. Maybe they didn't want to shell out the money. So they don't you know, just cover the holes where they could cover them here and there so that they could, you know, sign Devers in maybe bogey, but like, we don't know what the actual mindset is from my perspective. It's, you know, as Nick was saying too, it's just, just covering those holes slightly, like put a little bandaid on it. Yep. Makes sense. So Sarah, take us through the wild card. You're six back. Um, you got 40 to go, 42 to go, something like that. Um, take us through the wild card. What do you think? Oh, I'm uh, again, trying to be optimistic here. Um, being six back is tough. Uh, we also see the Yankees two more times. I mean, I'm loving that they're on a down downswing. It's really great. However, um, it's I'm nervous going into it because everyone is bringing a new level of baseball. And I'm going to say it like as a Red Sox fan, like, yeah. Does it hurt to see like Seattle in Baltimore doing so well? Yes. However, for baseball, it's great. I think it's fabulous to actually see them, you know, producing and doing these things because they're getting butts back in the stadiums. They're, you know, fans who for so long have been so just like disheartened, like they're finding it again. Like they're not going to an O's game and being like, well, we're just going to lose. So whatever, but they're actually hopeful and they're invested. So, you know, I want to stay optimistic of it. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. However, we have six pitches, six pitchers on the um, injury report. So it's like, if I have six pitches and oh, seven pitches because Evaldi's still out now. Yeah. If I have seven pitchers out. Like, where am I? What what's going on? And Trevor Story's supposed to rehab. Bellows is supposed to be rehabbing this week. So I'm like, I'm trying, but it's a it's a real struggle. Nick, what do you think? Um so statistically speaking, there's still a shot, but I don't know that that means much when you look at 75% of the remaining games are against good teams. Um, who's going to pitch? I'm with Sarah. Like that's the, that is the weak link here, right? The offense can show up, you know, Xander's having another Xander season. Raffy's doing Raffy stuff. You know, he's hitting home runs. He's driving in runs. Um, who's going to pitch? Who's going to pitch against good competition? Like wins don't happen by accident in this division um, at this time of year. So I, I, I would love to see him make the playoffs. Um, being on the West Coast, Sarah, you, you bring up something that um, I talked about when I was on here last time, right? That being in T-Mobile Park, 
the sense of hope that you feel from the crowd in Seattle um, is something that I have not experienced in, in this town in 10 years, right? It's been a long time since you could feel hope in that stadium watching the game. Like, I was going to games to see the other teams coming into town, right? Not going to games thinking that the Mariners were going to win. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm with you. It's good that other teams are putting together kind of competitive seasons. But there is something really, really special about postseason baseball for the Red Sox. Um, yes. That crowd energy, even just me watching games on TV. God, you get so caught up emotionally in those games. Yes, um, absolutely. And so I want I want to experience that. I want them to get there. But man, a lot of things are going to have to go wrong for other teams for the Red Sox to <laughs> make 100%, it. 100%. 100%. So, so let me add to that, Nick, for a second. So the three teams that are there right now, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Seattle, they're all separated by half a game. Then you got Baltimore, who's two and a half, Twins that are three and a half, White Sox that are four, and White Sox have a manager that sleeps during the game, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> and then you've got you've got you guys. Now, I'm looking at your schedule. Here's what's interesting. Three with Toronto, three with Tampa Bay, three with uh, the Twins. Okay, so all those are, are wild card. Then you yeah. got four with Texas. Texas is not awesome. You got three with Tampa Bay, three with Baltimore, uh, two with the Yankees, then three with Kansas City, and two with Cincinnati. That's a huge spot for you because then you go four Yankees, uh, four Baltimore, and then you finish up the season with Toronto and Tampa Bay. Though I, I agree with both of your assessments, I the way that your schedule outlines, there's still a statistical probability. Now, I haven't pitched yeah. competitively in 25 years. If you need me to come out there, Sarah, and lace them up and give it a try, <laughs> I can't do any worse than, you know, what your boys are doing right now, right? But I'll be like Jamie Moyer. My fastball will pop out at 84, but I got a great left-handed hook, so it'll be fine. But yeah, you guys, as long as you can produce ground balls, we're good. There well, you yeah. go. There you go. Perfectly I'm close fine. enough to Jamie Moyer's age, two at 46, that, you know, People will be looking at me going, who's this guy? And if I get two wins, I'll be like never having to buy a meal ever in Boston again. Yeah. People will be like, <laughs> exactly. that's the guy that got us there. But you guys, it, it's interesting. Before this, I was preparing for this. I'm looking at your schedule and I'm thinking, if you can have just a little bit of luck. And when I'm talking about a little bit of luck, I'm talking about a base hit, bunt the guy over. I'm talking about a CNI single. I'm talking about a pitcher that you expect to go five innings going seven. Just a little bit of luck. You guys are right there. Normally, I would say, hey, six out with 40 to play. You have to leapfrog all these other teams. But it's Boston. You guys figure out how to make it happen. And it's, I hate to say this for other fans that may or may not agree with this, but it's good for baseball when the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees are in the postseason. It's yeah. great for baseball because that's historically what you're seeing, right? Yeah. And it's not having Boston or the Yankees in the playoffs would feel weird for the MLB. I think they'd cheat and figure out a way to get at least one of them in there. Right? You see it reflect in the ratings, right? And in, in past seasons, when you have yeah. smaller market world series, the ratings go down, um, you know, fairly or unfairly. I think you're right. Um, you know, I think the kind of the hopefulness that you, that you outlined, it is one of the things that makes, um, 
the back half of the season pretty magical for baseball, right? Um, because you can go from being on the ropes, um, just, you know, taking punches, feeling like nothing's going your way. And then all of a sudden, a little bit of momentum starts to build. Um, and like that luck that you talk about, not only is it luck on any given night for a game that you're in, but again, like all the competition, same thing. They drop a fly ball, right? And they drop a game or mm-hmm. whatever happens. Um, all of a sudden, kind <laughs> of the chaos of yeah. real life, well, you know, changes changes the the whole the whole game. The Little League Classic is a perfect example, right? You guys were neck and neck, and then somehow or another, you managed to give up, cough up two runs or three runs in the seventh or eighth. And I'm thinking, that's not the time you cough up those runs. Do that in the first or second inning. You know why? Is because we changed pitching. Yep. You can you can watch a game and you wait, like you hold your breath in the fifth, the seventh, and the eighth inning because you're like, okay, are we going to blow this in the fifth because we changed our pitcher? Are we going to blow this in the seventh because we changed our pitcher? Are we going to blow this in the eighth because we we've changed we've changed our pitcher? So you can call it like clockwork. You can see it, and it's been basically all season unfortunately that when like i'm watching a game i'm like okay we just it's like you know going to the six we just changed our pitching and uh yep we're up by six runs yeah now we're down by six runs so it's this it really is like offensively we've we have it like we have the guys we have that camaraderie like we have them there producing it's just defensively and the pitcher is the one who runs the whole show he's the one who sets the tone for the game he's the one that it's the biggest defensive aspect of the game is our pitcher and we just yeah it it pains it's painful but I will say at you know the Red Sox over the you know last decade or so when we get to this point of discouragement they have been like, hey, surprise, we're Wake still up. here. We're, here. Yeah. we're going on. Oh, you've counted us out. Like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> bring in the crash cart because I'm waking you all up. Like, so it's one of those that that's why I'm trying to stay optimistic, because, you know, when you go back to those years where I'm like, oh, we're dead in the water and they would just be like, hey, we're in the wild card. And I'm like, oh, OK, I was sleeping on that. Yeah. So. So final question for you guys. And then I got one question I want to ask you offline because I didn't prepare you for it. Um, Cause you guys keep mentioning pitching. So um, final car, uh, final question. We'll start with you, Nick uh, positives and negatives going into the last 40 or so games. I mean, obviously a negative is the pitching. You guys have discussed that, but what are some of your positive things? I mean, I, I'm sitting here looking at your schedule going, Hey, win a couple of series, right? Take two out of three from Toronto, take two out of three from, you know, but tell me what your, your positives are on that aspect. Through the end of the year or a season so far? I mean, I think uh, end of the year, going to the end of the year through, from now until through the, the end of the year. Um, I think our, our, our number one, or for at least, at least for me, my, my number one positive is the fact that we have a killer offense, right? Um, no matter what else is happening, as long as these guys stay positive, you know, you've got, Xander doing his thing, Rafi doing his thing. Um, Trevor Story comes back. JD, you know, find some of that JD magic again. Um, <laughs> that offense, that offense can run with with anybody. 
Verdugo, uh, Kiki. Yeah, yeah. And so that that all Welcome, feels by the very way. good. Um, <laughs> my number one positive. There you go. That offense. There you go. Awesome. What about you, Sarah? You're, you're laughing because oh, of what awesome. I said. Because you're like, thank you, by the way. Um, when, when, when we saw Alex Verdugo go, I was like, oh, no, this is going to hurt. But what we got in return, obviously, we love. But but I, when I saw him go, I'm like, this guy's going to be good. You Red Sox fans are going to love him. Uh, Anyways, uh, the, the positives. Obviously, we've talked about the negatives. So what about the positives, Sarah, for you? I mean, positives for me, Kike's back. You know, we've missed him for a long period of time. And since he's been back, he's actually made a really great impact uh, in the team. And it's really nice to have someone out in center field able to catch balls. Um, That's been awesome. Uh, Verdugo has been on fire Uh, out of the gates. He's just been like consistent, you know, from the beginning of the season to where we are now. I'm just hoping that he stays the course. And it seems as though. He's just getting better as we go. He feels the pressure on him. So he's definitely, he's, I feel he's going to be the guy that carries us. Um, Arroyo has stepped up. We, you know, he's been a name that hasn't really, you know, he's a great player, but he's not um, talked a lot in like Red Sox nation. Everyone talks about Martinez and Devers and Bogey and all of these players, but he's someone who everyone sleeps on. And he's just been stepping it up in the last month. Uh, the month of August was his month. And he's just been producing solid, solid results um, in key moments. So we have that offense. We've got it. It's just the important things, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Yeah, right. And Verdugo is young enough where you're going to have him around for a while. As long as, I mean, he's 26 years old. You could see him play another 10 seasons with you guys. Absolutely. Um, I like him a lot. Great. Yeah. Man, great energy level, super positive player on the field. He brings everybody up. And that's what the Red Sox really need. There's so much stuff going on, it feels like. Um, and I'm sure bogey endeavors have a lot in their mind with their contracts ending as well as JD. So it's something where he just brings everybody up, brings everybody together. And he's just like, Hey guys, our job is to play baseball. Let's just go out and play baseball. Yeah. Sarah, I don't, I don't know what you see locally, but whenever, whenever I see Kike on broadcast or interacting with, with the media games, like he gives me some like Brock Holt vibes, like filling that spot, that kind of feel good spot. He, I, there are no words for how I feel about Kike. Like he's just, he makes you feel warm and he feels like you've known him for a long time too. So when he's doing interviews, it's just like, he's always been a Red Sox. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's always been yeah, on yeah. this team. Like he's always, but like, that's how he comes across when he's doing the interviews is that he's always been here, that this is his family. And that's how it is. He's just so genuine. And that's what um, I love about him. He's just so great for the organization on that end. So, so Nick, when you ask that same question to a dude, you're going to get a pretty similar answer. But when you ask it to a lady, you're going to definitely get Kiki's amazing, you know, and all this stuff. Here in LA, we got the same thing. It's all, and he's easy on the eye. Yeah, I got it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I mean, take his 
just looks out of it. It's just the way he makes you feel and how he speaks about the city, how he speaks about the team, how he speaks about his peers, like the way that he speaks. That's that's what sets him above other players. Like he's a lot of players are very like short and sweet and to the point. Um, But he is just very, very much like him and Verdugo. They're very open. They're very welcoming. They're very just like, let me talk about all of this and thank everyone, even though it was me, like, I'm going to thank everyone for this. It's just, you know, the, the nature of him is. Cause he um, knows Verdugo and Kiki know this. And this is what I respected about him when they were Dodgers. And I respect him as players. Cause trust me, when I watch Red Sox games, I look to see is Kiki in the lineup. How's he doing? You know, oh, he's been struggling or always oh, doing well. Um, they understand that their career, like Derek Jeter, they understand that their career is a short period of time and they're going to respect every moment of that because they know that it can end like that. And they're oh, getting paid an awful lot of money to do what we used to do until the streetlights came on and our parents made us come in for dinner, right? So they understand this stuff. And that's, you know, some guys don't. Some guys, I won't mention any names, but Manny Machado, they don't understand <laughs> that... Um, the, they don't understand that this is a game and don't come in with your spikes up to second. Right. I won't mention any names, but Fernando Tatis Jr. Don't like do stuff that you're going to get suspended for. Understand that your career is a short period of time and enjoy it. And so that's what I expect. You, you can see in the body language and on the face of guys that stop approaching the game with that joy and kind of childhood reverence for, how lucky they are to be doing it. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you can see it. Like if you're out there and you're just having a good time and having fun, you'll get results because at the end of the day, like you're it's yeah, it's a business and yes, it's you're playing a game, but you're also playing a game that you've played your entire life and had fun playing as a job. How many people can say that they are doing their job and that they love the job that they're doing. So that's, that's got to go hand in hand. 46-year-old ex-pitcher willing to help out the Red Sox yeah. if they need it. Just <laughs> give them a call, Sarah. Let me know if I need to fly out there. I'll get out there next weekend, okay? Oh, um, God. Top band rivalry followers. These are two of my favorites because they understand the game. They understand the fandom. They understand the business of baseball. I have enjoyed so much talking with Nick one-on-one and now this and Sarah talking with her one-on-one. And These are good people. And so... Um, when this drops, make sure that you're following them as well um, on Instagram. Also, go to locals.com uh, and sign up for it. It's free and follow Top Dan Rivalry. There's going to be some exclusive content that's going to go up in the offseason. So, Sarah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, as always. And, Nick, thank you for joining as well. Absolutely. And everyone out there, don't forget to uh, DM the Red Sox. Let them know that Bill's ready to pitch. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm geared up for it. We got to plug listen, our boy. <laughs> listen, I've dropped 60 pounds this year, just eating right and walking. So I'm, I'm in shape now. Let's do it. Got it. Let's do this. <laughs> Love there it. There we go. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk soon. Thank you.